welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and welcome to our first show in the new year of 2018. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. This year, in the year of 2017, we have reviewed over 465 films, and we have uploaded almost 434 videos on our YouTube channel this year of 2017. So we decided to put a little bit of a clip reel together and put together the best of the reviews for the best films this year. And because of that, we're going to start out this first segment talking about the films Beauty and the Beast, Cars 3, Coco, Dunkirk, Earth, One Amazing Day. So that's our first segment we're going to be talking about. Take it away. We're going to be talking about the new adaptation of Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast. Disney has now created a new line of taking classic stories they've done and making it into a live-action remake. So, uh, first of all, I want your thoughts. What do you think about Disney doing that? Do you feel like it's damaging classic stories that they've already tackled? Do you think it's just them running out of ideas? I think that it is most definitely not crashing. It is awesome because it's fun to see these animated Disney classics go into live-action. Hey, Maria, what do you think about it? I have to agree with Nathaniel. I feel like this is not a bad idea. I feel like if they do it the right way and they stick to the original story, then it'll be just fine. And I feel like Beauty and the Beast did just that. It was exactly just like the original story, and it was a success. So, Jerry, tell us a bit about the cast in this film, because the cast is star-studded. Oh, the cast is just absolutely wonderful. I have to say that even though Emma Watson was probably the main star people will think about from this film, she wasn't my exactly favorite actress. I really more like Luke Evans and Josh Gad, who played Gaston in the film. Those pair were just absolutely perfect. They were paired wonderfully. They really did uh, justice to the 1991 version and those characters, and they were just hilarious together. Disney did an outstanding job with both of them. But everybody else did wonderful for Emma Watson. I just feel like she, her portrayance, her portrayal of Aunt Belle was more like almost a side character than a main character because in the 1991 version, you can clearly see that Belle and the Beast, they're the two main characters. Everybody else is just supporting characters for them, and it is their show. And right now we're going to talk to Jolene about the new Pixar film, Cars 3. Now, tell us a bit about the animation because Pixar animation is always out of this world. The, the animation is really lifelike. For example, the scene where Lightning McQueen crashes. I would say, like, I feel like they sh- they have to have based that off of a real car crashing because yeah. that's just incredibly detailed. I'm Jerry Orris. We're going to be talking to Samantha about this film, Cars 3. So, Samantha, what did you think about Cars 3? I want to be honest with you. One of my friends asked me to see this film, and in the beginning, I honestly didn't really want to go. But I, because I haven't seen, I think I saw the first Cars movie, but I haven't seen it in a while. And I didn't really want to see the film because I didn't think I would enjoy it. But let me tell you, I was wrong. As soon as I started watching that film, I didn't even know it was Pixar. And if you see a Pixar movie, Pixar does an amazing job with everything. I really love this film because I just, 
their films are so they're so heartwarming like the just the whole you know it, it's uh, it's about lightning mcqueen and he's getting ready for the piston cup and he's starting to get overshadowed by one of his opponents jackson storm and as you know lightning mcqueen has been around for so long so they're kind of portraying that the younger racers are taking over and you know just seeing he he just seems so devoted to racing and then seeing him actually become second instead of being first it's just you know really it's it's sad i know it's it's a cartoon but it's it really it really really made me sad you know pixar does as well with very strong and very emotional morals not a lot of people saw do you think that cars 3 really is just as good as previous pixar films i think it is better than some of the previous pixar films a lot of the really good pixar films came out a really long time ago but the ones recently i think you're right they haven't been as up to the par but cars 3 this one you know i i remember seeing the first one um and i definitely say that this one is the best one i think other critics would probably say the same thing just because it has the same storyline in a way but they completely brought it in because they brought in a new character, Cruz, and the film is more central. I don't want to give it away, but it's more centralized on her rather than it is Lightning McQueen. And I think it was so different that they put a whole spin on it. And Lightning McQueen actually is portrayed as kind of like a hero. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonaut Season 1. We're going to continue our clip reel of the Best Films from 2017, reviewed by Kids First Film Critics. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Now we're going to be talking about the brand new film directed by Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk. And we're going to be speaking with Michelle, who is 19 and lives in Miami. What I want to know is how does this stand with other World War II cinematic films? Because there are a lot of them. There has been some great ones like Saving Private Ryan, which was an absolutely phenomenal film. So, Michelle, what do you think? How does this stand in terms of World War II films? I personally, I forget, it's almost like I forget that I love war movies until I watch them. Because I'm very scared to watch them as I'm a very, like, anxious person. And it's like, the whole movie, I was just biting my nails. But it was still so great, and they did such an amazing job. And it's definitely, in my opinion, going to be one of the top war movies ever, probably, and also in my watch list as well. It's me, Morgan Bria Birch, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And right now, we are going to be talking about Earth, One Amazing Day with Joe Lead. I am so excited because I absolutely love documentaries, and this sounds like one magnificent one. So what did you think about this fantastic documentary that is a sequel on Earth? Earth, One Amazing Day is amazing. The, the videos and the quality is, like, super good and like it's really beautiful the shots that they took of nature it's breathtaking all the colors and everything uh, it's it seems really difficult to get those shots and it was really worth it <laughs> so what would be one of your favorite scenes that you want to be able to see while you were watching this my favorite scene was when penguin dad was feeding the babies because like the penguins are so cute and they're so fluffy and it's like like they're like begging their mom for food and it was so cute because like they were like snuggling together in the cold and then like kissing each other and that was my favorite scene. Aww. And right now we're going to talk to the amazing Rowan from New York City about the new film Earth 
One Amazing Day. Tell us about what you thought of the film. And well, the cinematography was amazing. And I like their decision on what animals to follow at what time of day. And I also really enjoyed how the way they showed how the sun was impacting them so much. Definitely. And that's very important to point out that, you know, the world's getting hotter. What did you enjoy most about this documentary? Well, my favorite part was how they incorporated, like, lots of funny parts into this very serious-seeming documentary. Like, when it, went, when it was around midday, it went to follow a group of bears, like, several groups of bears, so not all one type. Mm-hmm. And it was after winter, so they were scratching off their fur. The way they showed it is that they played it to really funny music and edited the video. So it looked like the bears were dancing to the music against the trees. Ah, audience are demanding more dancing bears. That's exactly what we're asking for. So we're going to first talk with Michelle, who's from Miami and is 19, and Imani, who's from New York City and is 16, about the new film Coco. I want to hear from both of you about what you thought about it. We can start with you, Michelle. I absolutely loved the movie. I think it's such a beautiful story of chasing your dreams. And um, there's going to be obstacles in the way. And sometimes they're your family. (laughs) And um, you have to do it. You still have to seize your moment, which is one of the main points of the movie. That's what they always say. That's what uh, Miguel's Airo, Ernesto de la Cruz, always says, to seize your moment. And um, that's exactly what Miguel did. And he actually ran into a couple complications along the way to get there. But he achieved it. And a huge plot twist, too. It's um, such such a good movie, honestly. (laughs) Amani, what did you think of the film? Did you think that it had the same message as well? Yeah, I really enjoyed the film um, and the message that family is important no matter what the circumstances and that you should encourage each other no matter what. I really loved it because this is really a good Disney movie that incorporates a lot of cultural background, which I really appreciated because we need a lot of those movies nowadays with like being more diverse and I really applaud Disney for, like, encouraging the kids to learn more about the Spanish background and so much more. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This has uh, been our first segment, so let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Octonauts Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to continue our clip reel of the best films of 2017 reviewed by Kids First Film Critics. And we just got done talking about Beauty and the Beast, Cars 3, Coco, Dunkirk, and Earth One Amazing Day. We're going to continue this show talking about the Lego Batman movie, Marshall. Leap, Murder on the Orient Express, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, some of the best films of 2017. So, Clayton, how are you doing, and what do you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? I am doing great, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is actually more thrilling and hilarious than its predecessor. Like, usually in, like, sequels, it's not like that, but... For this one, I feel like it's better than the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So, how is the soundtrack? Because the first one also had fantastic music. The soundtrack is amazing. So, the film starts out with the 70s song Brandy by Looking Glass. And they also, uh, later they go on to Surrender by Cheap Trick, My Sweet Lord by George Harrison, Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. And there's just so many old 70s and 80s songs. You know, I really love when they have 70s and 80s songs that were from like 20, 30 years ago, these futuristic sci-fi movies. Just gives it a nice feel. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to continue this wonderful radio show talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and I'm going to be talking right now to my friend Benjamin about the film. Where would you feel like the characters in this film, where would you feel like they developed since this is a sequel? First of all, I thought Michael Rooker was very good at Yondu, yes. and he... I felt more sympathetic to him, and you under, you you f- understood his personality a little more. He was sort of a minor, I almost say, I wouldn't call him an antagonist. He was a minor character in the first one, and I like that they gave him a bigger role here. Strax has a little bit of banter with a new character named Mantis, and she joins the team, so that there was actually... A lot more of Drax too. There was just some. I liked that some of the characters that weren't in the first one as much had some moments to shine in this one. I'm your host Samantha Marcus. Right now, I'm talking to Jolene about the new movie Leap. To my understanding, Leap is basically about a girl who wants to be a ballerina, and it's set in France in 1879, and she's orphaned. I want you to tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the film. Like, what kind of emotions did you get from it? How did you feel after watching it? Well, the film is really inspiring, and I felt inspired after it. And basically, it's teaching kids to chase their dreams no matter what comes in their way. And the girl in the movie, she just she just kept trying and trying. And so many times she was set back, but she kept on trying. And eventually, she actually got there. Wow, that's great. So can you explain some of the kinds of setbacks that she had? I'm sure that would be very interesting for us to hear. Well, first of all, she's an orphan, so she doesn't have any parents to help her with money or stuff like that. So she's basically stuck at an orphanage. So um, her first obstacle was to try to escape that. And once she actually does escape, there's this 
evil um, rich lady who tries to stop her from becoming a ballerina, which is her dream. So then she gets sent all the way back to the orphanage, but she still she still doesn't give up and tries to even escape back into France where the ballerina school is. And she actually she actually wins and gets the ballerina part. Right now, I'm here, I'm here with Arjun talking about the highly anticipated The Lego Batman movie. Tell us about what you thought of the film. I thought it was a really, like, well-done movie, which is excellent for families, and it has a lot of jokes for adults, too, that kids won't get. But don't worry, they're not inappropriate at all. They're just, like, very, like, vague comic book references and reference to, references to the old Batman mythos. And it really does a good job at satirizing the the bad elements of Batman, like which have happened in the past, like for example, Batman and Robin. So um, tell us about the comedy in this film specifically, and what made it particularly funny for you. I would say the comedy is definitely not what I expected, like in a good way. Like it certainly like has like those really good, like of course, like jokes aimed at children, but it, it has a really good sense of like breaking the fourth wall. Like the characters in the movie know they're Lego characters and they act so. And I mean, there's even a part where like Batman is just chilling and watching Jerry Maguire. Like, I mean, that's the sort of stuff you don't see in any other movies. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonauts Season 1. We're going to continue our clip reel of the best films from 2017 reviewed by Kids First Film Critics. Take it away. We're going to continue talking to Benjamin about the new film, Marshall, which is another historical biography drama. Tell us about what Marshall is about. Marshall follows the pioneering Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall in the earlier years of his career as a lawyer from the NAACP, and he is sent out to Greenwich, Connecticut, where he teams up with a local lawyer named San Friedman to defend an African-American man who has been accused of attempted murder by a white socialite, and he's there to defend him and prove his innocence. Well, how many stars should you give this film, and what would you say is the age range? I give it four out of five stars, and it's kind of fun because it's up on the glitz in the costumes and the production design and things like that. I give it an age rating of 13 to 18 because there is some violent and suggestive content as well as some offensive language. So, But I still think it is sort of important for people to see this film. And yeah, I really enjoy it and I recommend it. I had a good time. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And next, we'll be talking with Damon and Rowan about Murder on the Orient Express. So tell me a little bit about what is going on in this movie, and what is it about? Well, Murder on the Orient Express is based on a book by Agatha Christie's, and Basically, it's like a murder mystery that takes place on a train. And, like, so this group of people are all on a train, and someone gets murdered. And then all these people are trapped. The train, like, gets derailed. And all the people are trapped together, knowing that one of them is a murderer. Oh, wow. That sounds really intense. So, were you able to guess the mystery, or were you shocked at the outcome? I kind of thought about it a little bit, thinking, hmm, they all seem very suspicious, and and that and you can't do millions of of the same thing. 
Ovos in, and they all said that something that was suspicious. I almost said, I almost got like at the end, the the detective had two hunches, and those were the same two hunches I had at the oh. end. Wow, that's so cool. So you're like the detective on these murder mystery movies. <laughs> so what would you say that the star and age rating is of this movie? I would I would probably say rate it I would rate I rate it five out of five stars because it has a good storyline and message. And I would recommend it for the ages eight to eighteen because I don't think that younger children would would understand the concepts of murder mysteries and there is a bit of violence. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonaut Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. And we're back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Octonauts Season 1, and we're going to continue this show talking about Paddington 2, Step, Smurfs, The Last Village, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Star Wars, The Last Jedi. I'm Sahiba, and next we will be talking to Jolene on Paddington 2. So I love the first Paddington movie. So what adventures does Paddington go on in the second movie? So in the second movie, Paddington wants to find the perfect gift for his Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday. But then there are some like challenges with getting the gift. He decides on a perfect gift. But then it gets stolen from the store, and then he gets framed for stealing it, and it's, like, really crazy. Oh, no! (laughs) How did you feel in watching it? Like you said, I'm sure there's a lot going on. Were you excited? I actually really liked it, because, like, it, it wasn't predictable, so, like, there was a lot of parts when I was really surprised. I also cried a lot for, like, different reasons. Sometimes it was, like, for sadness. Other times it was, like, for happiness. 
but yeah, I cried a lot. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a roller coaster of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Talking about Paddington, he's a animated character. So how was his animation? His animation was like really realistic. Like when the when the Brown family was interacting with Paddington, it seemed as if he was actually there and like they were actually like talking and bonding with a character. So I thought it was really cool that they made it made it possible for Paddington to still be interacting with the family and it make it seeming real. Oh, I cannot wait to watch this movie. Well, it was great to talk to you. Thank you for being on the show. Right now, we're going to be talking to Michelle, Carla, and Arjun on Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, Arjun, can you tell me who is your favorite character? Because there are a lot of awesome people in this movie. Ooh, that is a tough one. Luke Skywalker is just my favorite hero ever. Like, when I grew up watching the movies, I was just like, that guy, like, that's who I want to be when I grow up. And, of course, it would have to be Mark Hamill's, you know, as Luke Skywalker, just because I like the brooding edge he delivered to this character. Like, that's the good evolution of a character. Like, he's a flawed person. He's not perfect. Like, he saved the galaxy and all of that. But, like, he's not a perfect person. He goes through an inner struggle. And I just think that it added a new, like, emotional conflict to the story. So really quickly, uh, Michelle, what would you think would be the star rating and the age rating? Despite, because I actually also wanted to mention that, like, the writing in this film is quite different. And it it was kind of unsettling to me because this is out of all the films, Ryan Johnson wrote it. And and it was just, it was definitely different. It was a lot more comedic. And because of that, it it kind of made me double think about my rating. But you know what? Considering everything in the acting, the from the special effects, the cinematography, I think that it's a good five out of five stars. And I recommend it for... Really, the whole family. Awesome. And how about you, Carla? What would you give it star-wise? I would give it a 5 out of 5 because I just loved everything about the movie. Like, I'm a Star Wars geek, so seeing the movie made me very... It made me geek out. And I recommend this to ages 9 to 18, but the whole family could watch it because, like, right now, everyone's going to be obsessed with Star Wars. Yes, I'm already obsessed, and the movie hasn't even come out yet. And Arjun, really quickly, you too. What would you think the star rating and age uh, range is too? I am really tempted to give this a five out of five stars, um, and but I'm giving it a four point five out of five stars. And I would give it an age range from 8 to 10 just because I think kids can watch this movie, but there are a couple of scenes which are like violent and could scare younger kids. Yeah. Well, listening to all three tell me so much about Star Wars, I'm like jumping up and down right now. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonaut Season 1. We're going to continue our clip reel of the best films from 2017 reviewed by Kids First Film Critics. Take it away. I am Morgan Brian Birch, age 12, and right now we'll be talking to Benjamin and Jolene about the Smurfs. So, what is the plotline of the Smurfs, Benjamin? It follows Smurfette, and she's struggling to find out who she is in the Smurf village. And unlike all the other Smurfs, she wasn't. She was created by Gargamel, 
as from a lump of clay by Gargamel, and she feels as if she's not really a real Smurf. And every time she tries to forget about it, something happens that just ma- makes her remember it. So then one day she sees something that makes her feel like there might be a another faction of Smurfs located um, in a lost village. And so then her and a group of three other Smurfs go to find this lost village with Gargamel on their heels. Ooh, that sounds interesting. And would you agree, Julie? Yes, it was a very interesting plot. They made the Smurfs movie different from all the other ones, which is really good. Yeah, I heard that this one is all animation, and all the other ones have been half animation and half live action. So did you like that factor, Julian? Yeah, it was it was really cool because the animations of the forest, it was it seemed very magical and it was really pretty. I'm Samantha Marcus, and today we'll be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Right now, we're talking with Sahiba. I've been paying attention to a lot of the, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes and a lot of what critics are saying. And as a critic yourself, some have said that this is the best film since the 2004 Spider-Man 2, 2 release. Do you think this is true? Do you disagree? Like, how would you rate this film in comparison to other films? We agree with that. I think the first Spider-Mans were the best, and I don't think any movie can beat them. But I do think they're very close to the original Spider-Mans. So what would you say to me, like, in a sentence or a few words about, you know, why I should see this film? I think you should just watch this film for Peter Parker, (laughs) because he is such a relatable character, and I feel like he could be in my high school. Right now, we're talking to Calista. So, you recently saw the movie Step, and I heard it was a really good movie, right? Okay, so I watch a lot of movies, and I don't think I've ever seen a movie that has gotten such an emotional reaction out of the audience. Everyone was crying, everyone was cheering, it was like, it was insane. Really? So, I did a little research on the film, and it's about these high school girls who live in Baltimore, and they compete on a step dance team. What did you think about the film? You said it brought a big range of emotions from the audience, and why do you think that is? I feel like this documentary doesn't hold back in terms of showing, like, the harsh reality, because these girls, I'm just going to say it, they are not in good situations, like... You know, they're struggling, and one of the girls, Blessing, she mentions how, like, sometimes she doesn't even, she doesn't even have a refrigerator. These girls are going through a lot, and I feel like this documentary, it doesn't hold back. It shows how these girls, like, how they have to really fight to get where they are. Because, you know, I've seen so many, like, pieces of media, movies, TV shows that are, like, Oh, if if you believe, you can follow your dreams. No, it's not that easy. And I feel like this documentary does a good job on showing that. But at the same time, it's really not, like, depressing. And it's motivational, but it also has a bit of reality to it as well. So, thank you for saying that. I think that is one of the truest things that I've heard in a long time. Wow, we're getting through so many films this show, but let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonauts Season 1.
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up man it's been a big year for films this year no wonder that the kids first film critics have reviewed so many films speaking of wonder we are going to continue the show talking about wonder wonder woman wonderstruck and the man who invented christmas and thor ragnarok take it away guys I'm Jerry Ors. We're going to be speaking to Callista. So what did you think about the film Wonder? I cried in the trailer alone, so I already knew that this was going to be an interesting film to watch. But yeah, th- my expectations were completely correct, and it was actually just really good. For people who don't know, can you just tell the story? Because I do feel like it's very related to the power of it. Wonder is inspired by the novel by the same name. Basically, it is a story about a kid who is just starting fifth grade. However, due to a gene disorder from when he was born, he he has facial deformities. And, I mean, when you're starting fifth grade after being homeschooled all your life, plus the fact that you're new to the school, plus the fact that you have facial deformities, yeah, as someone who has been bullied before, things do not go well. No, sadly, they don't. And, really, I just just love the concept, and I loved how creative the idea was because it, it this idea has been done before about a person who sadly has deformations how they would live a normal life but never from a kid's perspective now we're going to move on to another film the new film called the man who invented christmas and we're going to be talking to jolene you know when i saw the trailer for this film i was like finally something about literature aside from the actual story because i love things like the christmas carol things like that but i want to know more about the person who created it. and i think charles dickens he's like an amazing, amazing author. He's probably one of the most famous of all time. So I'm just so happy they made this into a film. What did you think about kind of the portrayal, though? Because when I watched it, they made him look like a very interesting and very almost insane man. Yeah, they did it really well. And the surprising thing is, I searched it up, young Charles Dickens, and the way they made Dan Stevens look, he looks exactly like young Charles Dickens, like exactly. The hair, the face, the everything. Do you think that your perspective has changed about The Christmas Carol now that you saw this film, since it does give you a little bit of the 
origin story, I guess you could say? Yes, it definitely changes my perspective on it because because now I know that like it related to Charles's life. It related so closely. So now whenever I think of the Christmas Carol, I think of it as Charles Dickens' life almost because he was basically writing about himself, but he changed it a little bit. Oh, I've been waiting to talk about this film for a while now. Thor Ragnarok! Okay, Arjun, so it's just going to be you and me talking about Thor Ragnarok. Now, give me one second. I need to take a sip from my Marvel mug. Ah, that's really good. Now, I went to go see this film as well. I want to see hear your opinion about it first. So what did you think about it? I thought it was absolutely amazing. Lived up to the hype. I mean, I think it was amazing. I got to see this at a press screening full of just enthusiastic fans. And, like, we didn't know what was going to happen. And there were some... There were a lot of shocking things which happened in the movie, but a lot of, like, hilarious moments in the movie, like, which got had the whole audience, like, laughing with uproar or, like, you know, sighing at, like, whenever something serious happened. But, yeah, there was, there was mainly a lot of comedy in this movie, but I absolutely thought it was amazing. The tone was similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies. I would agree tenfold. Now, I'm curious to see what you think about this, because what I really like most about this film is that they treated Thor with respect, because I've always thought in the other films, he was just kind of boring and bland. He didn't know much, and he was just the muscle. But in this film, he's learned from his mistakes, he's more mature, he's funny, and actually, I don't, I, I, every, and he actually has a good game plan. While he's also a little bit naive at some points, he still is... An interesting character, and I actually really like him in this movie. I, I, what did you think about that? I really, I've really always liked Thor, like especially in the first Thor movie. But yeah, I agree with you. Like starting with the second Thor, and then all of the Avengers movie, he was just kind of the muscle, like no character at all. But I, I really liked him in the first Thor movie, and this brought a lot of what I liked about him in the first Thor movie. He was very charismatic. But he also did have flaws, like he was very arrogant and like full of self pride and all. But in this movie, he really learned. He, like you said, he really learns a lot from his mistakes, and he learns to be a better person. And he learns that his like his destiny is far beyond his hammer. And I thought that was one of the best things about the movie. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonaut Season One. We're going to continue our clip reel of the. Best films from 2017 reviewed by Kids First Film Critics. All right, let's get right into it, shall we? Abraham, thank you so much for being on the show. Let's talk about Wonderstruck, this wonderful coming-of-age film that takes place in the 20s and 70s. It looks visually spectacular. Tell us about what you thought about it. I thought it was actually really, really good for not too much of a mainstream film, but also much of a mainstream film as well, if you get my drift. It had really good visual effects as well, and I talked to the producer. She she seemed like she put a, a ton of effort in the sets and the costumes, which I really liked. And they also got, you got really good casting. You got Michelle Williams, Julie Moore, but the child actors, like Oaks Fakely, she's fantastic in this film. And there's just so many different wonderful actors. Tell us a bit about what you thought about the child actors. I thought they did a really good job. Because sometimes if it's a child actor, I feel like it's really, like, not fake, but not what a real kid would think in that situation. But this, I felt like, was really good for the situations like that. 
But I, I think it's the rise of child actors. I mean, there's so many, so much good content for them now. Stranger Things, It, um, Monster Calls, Wonderstruck. So many films are coming out for, and so many young actors are just breaking through and really showing what the showing the the caliber of their acting ability. So it's fantastic to see that. So yeah, child actors are on the rise nowadays. So what were you saying is something in this film that really made you wonderstruck? I think it was the diorama of the whole New York City where they shot in the museum, which was actually really cool because it was the real thing. Wow. Well, they finally done it. DC, after many movies of just flops, you actually made a good one. It feels so good. How does it feel? Everyone, uh, round of applause for DC finally making another good movie. Oh, it's so refreshing. I cannot tell you how much I love Wonder Woman. So, Callista, tell me about what you thought of it. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I thought this movie was fantastic. You know, it's kind of like, out of all the characters in DC Comics, I figured, like, you know, why don't they do a Wonder Woman movie? Because, I mean, they've done multiple Superman and Batman movies and a few other movies of other characters like Green Lantern and... I, don't even, I, I can't even really think of other characters right now, but they've done other DC movies, but I'm like, why don't they do a Wonder Woman movie? So, what did you think about the action? I loved the action scenes, like, mm-hmm. so much. I, my favorite scene is when Wonder Woman and her other, like, friends, like, they go and they live, and they liberate, like, the, the town, and, like, I was, like, literally, like, gripping the armrest and like leaning forward and then like when the wonder woman theme oh my god when the wonder woman theme started playing i literally just like yeah internally screaming i think it's interesting is that (laughs) the the last like superhero film that was like a leading woman being superhero was catwoman with halle berry and that was pretty much the representation of women in superhero films and it's so refreshing to have such a amazingly leading lady, Gal Gadot, and an absolutely spectacular director, Patty Jenkins, who also oh, directed Monster, yeah. one of my favorite films. She's absolutely spectacular. It's just great to have great direction, great actors, and just well, an overall- it helps that Patty yeah. Jenkins is also like really loved Wonder Woman and wanted to make sure that it was a good representation of Wonder Woman. Great job, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions. It is our first show of 2018, and we have so many more shows coming up this this next year. So many more films to be reviewing, and we're just excited for a new year of new movies and new reviews. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Kids First, and also our website, www.kidsfirst.org, for the latest film reviews and red carpet events. 2018 is here, and... We have a long road ahead of us for a new year of fun in store. So thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and I'll see you at the movies. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>